It is New Comic Day, Wednesday, February 18th, 2015, and you're listening to the God and Comics Podcast. God and Comics is the show where we talk about our love of comic books and comic book-related pop culture because we read comics religiously. I'm your host, Father Jonathan Michikin, Rector of Church of the Holy Comforter in Drexel Hill, Pennsylvania. On the line with me today is Father Kyle Tomlin. Father, where are you? I'm Rector of Church of the Messiah in Fredericksburg, Virginia. And also on the line today is Father Matt Stromberg. Father, where are you? I'm here at Christchurch Cooperstown in New York. Okay, that was for those who didn't quite get that. That was Cooperstown, Christchurch in New York. Father Matt, we've had some uh, difficulties with the technology today, so Father Matt is on a speakerphone. So we will uh, try our best to uh, uh, make that sound as good as it can. Uh, but uh, if you don't understand what Father Matt is saying, I think it's safe to say that he is agreeing with me. Whatever I've just said, he's agreeing with. <laughs> so, um, anyhow, we're going to go straight into our recommendations for the day. And, um, Father Matt, I wonder if you wouldn't mind starting us out with your recommendation this week. Okay, my recommendation is uh, a, a quirky uh, title called Afterlife with Archie. Um Many of you might know the famous uh, Life with Archie comic book. Well, this was, this was inspired by um, a, a variant cover by the, the artist uh, Francesco uh, Frank Cavella, I, I believe is how you pronounce his name. And, um, well, he, he made sort of a zombie version of the famous Archie world. And... Um, <laughs> and it, it, it inspired them to create a, a, a title based on, on uh, it, the uh, idea of what if the zombie apocalypse happened in Riverdale. And uh, it, it, it's a very interesting comic book. It's very different. The artwork is, is fantastic. It sort of has that kind of old EC comic uh, horror look to it. And... Um, and the story is pretty compelling, too. It takes the familiar uh, characters from Archie and sort of puts them in a, a, a much darker setting. Um, the, the, whole, the whole thing starts when uh, Jughead uh, shows up at the door of Sabrina the Teenage Witch uh, with his dog, Hot Dog, who has been hit by a car. And he is um, he's devastated by this, and he's, he begs Sabrina do something to help Hot Dog, and um, against the the wishes of, of her aunts, uh, she goes ahead and, and casts a spell to raise Hot Dog from the dead. Well, um, we all know you shouldn't um, fool around with things like that, and um, well, it sets off a chain reaction and causes this zombie apocalypse to take place in, in, in Riverdale, and... Um, and, and from, from then on, the story uh, goes in all sorts of interesting directions. So, um, Afterlife with Archie, a very, very, very fun and exciting uh, story um, and a different take on some familiar characters. It is a it is a really good one. I, I applaud that recommendation. I, I've read the, the first trade, and, uh, you know, I'm not a big Archie fan. I mean, I, I sort of 
vaguely remember seeing some Archie stuff when I was a kid. Um, yeah, but uh, but it's really a, a fun, interesting, different kind of look on those characters, and um, the the art is amazing. It's it's all done on this sort of orange and black kind of base so that it feels like halloween as you're as you're reading it um so it's it's really nice father kyle have you read this i have not i've actually taken a look at a copy in the grocery store last week there was there happened to be one copy of that and one copy of supergirl um odd selection but i uh took a look at it and it did look quite interesting but i have yet to read it I would pick up both of those. Those are both good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was always kind of, uh, I used to read Archie from time to time in the comic shop. I never I never bought it because I, w- I was a little ashamed like it was a title for, for girls. But, um, but so I, I, I was kind of familiar with, with a lot of the characters. Um, but, I mean, reading it now as an adult, clearly it's, uh, this isn't written by girls, and it's, it's not for girls. This is very much a, um, a you know a, a story about a, a, a boy with two and possibly gorgeous girls who are in love with him. It's, it's clearly a male fantasy. <laughs> well, that's every guy's experience, right? I think we've all been there. Uh, only you, Father Jonathan. <laughs> that's right. Okay, well, that's fine. I'll be the alpha male of the program. That's fine. I can do that. Uh, Okay, well, that's a great recommendation, Father Matt. Father Kyle, what do you have for us this week? Well, my recommendation, um, given that I like my theology reformational, I like my comic books historical, and so my recommendation is uh, something along the lines of the history of comic books, Um, I would highly recommend the Batman Chronicles series that DC has been doing now for about a decade, I think. Um, What they've been doing is taking their major cast, like Superman and Batman and The Flash and Green Lantern and Wonder Woman, and they've been compiling um, small-ish graphic novels, uh, trade paperbacks, in which they trace the history of these characters straight through each issue um, published in the exact order uh, printed in the exact order that they were published and so I've been reading the Batman ones being a huge Batman fan and um, currently they're up to volume 11 I think on these and it's been a fantastic read because you start to really see the evolution of the character of Batman plus you get to see some of those adventures of Batman that you would not otherwise have seen some of the odder stories, the um, the more magical, mystical stories that Batman gets himself involved in in the early 1940s. Um, my one gripe against DC in this department, though, is that they've been very slow in publishing these. I think that uh, that the last volume came out about two years ago. They were operating on a once a year, if not two times a year basis, and now things seem to have slowed down, so I'm not quite sure what's happening there. But with 11 volumes out there to read, if you've not read them yet, you certainly have uh, quite a few stories to take in. and You get to see a lot of the 
um, early Joker stories and, and the history of Two-Face and some of the major players in Batman's world. Um, I certainly find it to be a good read. Okay. Yeah, DC is, is generally kind of slow about putting out graphic novels, although I think Marvel is actually a lot worse. Um, that you hardly ever know when they're going to put something out. Um, yeah, Marvel has been has been quite bad at that as well. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for that recommendation, Father Kyle. Uh, my recommendation this week is uh, a book called Frey, F-R-A-Y, Frey, uh, put out by Dark Horse uh, somewhere around 2003. And Frey is written by Joss Whedon, the uh, director and, and writer Joss Whedon of the Avengers fame uh, and of, of many other uh, titles, including um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, I was never a, a big Buffy the Vampire Slayer fan. Uh, nevertheless, this book actually takes place in that world. And uh, but it's different. It's not those same characters. He sets it uh, several hundred years into the future, so the world itself has changed really dramatically uh, during that time. But uh, it is nevertheless another story about a a young woman who is called to become the next Slayer, the next vampire Slayer, and has to rise to. Uh, become a hero and interestingly enough she's kind of a petty thief at the point where the story begins but uh, uh, slowly uh, becomes uh, a kind of uh, badass fighter chick as you can imagine and uh, it's just you know it's a lot of fun and so I I enjoyed it uh, quite a bit if you're a fan of Joss Whedon I think you'll like it if you don't like Joss Whedon uh, you may not be that into it, but it is well-written. Uh, pencils are by Carl Moline, ink by Andy Owens, colors by Dave Stewart and Michelle Madsen. Like I said, it's put out by Dark Horse. And I think the original intention was that this was going to be uh, ongoing. It kind of has that uh, impression left that they were going to go on and do more with it, but they haven't. Um, I think there were maybe seven issues when it originally came out. But like I said, there is one uh, volume of it, and it does have a definite endpoint for the story it tells. So at least it doesn't leave you sort of hanging out there. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And I think I saw today on Amazon you could get it for uh, something like five bucks if you want to buy it used. So, um, or, or, some, or 18 or 20 bucks new. Um, so there you are, Frey by Joss Whedon. Have you guys seen that book? I haven't, and I haven't really uh, followed the Buffy the Vampire Slayer uh, movie or, or, or the television show either. Although I've heard a lot of great things about it. Yeah, my wife really likes it. I've never been able to get into it, but I I, I love other things that Whedon does. I'm a big fan of Firefly and Serenity. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, and a couple of uh, his other projects, Dollhouse and so forth. So, I was a big fan of his uh, his X Men series that yes. he did, uh, the Astonishing X Men, back a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. There's there's some great moments in that. One of my favorite moments in that Astonishing X Men was um, 
there's some moment it's where the panels uh i i can't remember all of the action happening at this at this particular time but they were basically trying to figure out how it is that um that a couple of the x-men were able to track somebody and beast uh goes into this long explanation of how he did various scientific things to try to uh find this person i did you know i ran these tests and i did this and i did that and then wolverine says i smelled him and (laughs) and beast says i also did that and (laughs) it was just this wonderfully joss whedon-esque moment that line was very very joss whedon-y um but you know the problem with joss whedon writing standard superhero comics is uh you know joss whedon loves to kill people and what's the point i mean it's a superhero comic you kill them they just come back five minutes later anyway so yeah that's become the norm today yeah well anyway so those are our recommendations this week um we're gonna move on to our main conversation um, and before we get too deep into it, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about the big announcement that came out from DC uh, in the past two weeks. DC, uh, if any of you who listened to the first episode heard us talk a little bit about the New 52, DC's rebooting of its universe back in 2011. Uh, well, DC announced uh, uh, just within these last two weeks that they are ending the New 52 as a a marketing concept, which doesn't mean that they're going to end all of those stories necessarily. But basically, they're going to have a major sort of crossover event this spring called Convergence. And once Convergence is over, they're going to introduce a, a very different lineup than we've had over the last couple of years. They're canceling about half of their books and replacing them with new books. And they're replacing a lot of the creative teams, though not all of them, on the old books. And they've said that they are wanting to focus more on storytelling. So even though they're going to try to have some continuity there, uh, they're not going to go back to doing number one issues or anything like that. Nevertheless, uh, their big thing is we want better stories to be told in this world. I wonder if you guys had a chance to look and see some of the books that are ending and some of the books that are are new, uh, if there's anything that you're excited about or anything that you're disappointed about in DC's announcement. I'll ask you first, Father Kyle. I did. I actually got to take a look at them, uh, looked at them a couple of times, in fact. Um, I, the one thing that I'm very happy to see is continuing is that um, they're retaining uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo on Batman. I think that their run on Batman over the last few years has been excellent. And I'm glad to see that the lineup that's been on Detective Comics is pretty much going to remain the same. And that seemed to be the same across the board with all of the quote-unquote flagship titles for DC is that a lot of the teams that are currently writing on them um, were going to stay the same. I was intrigued by some of the changes that are coming, some of the newer titles that are coming. Um, I noticed that they're doing a Batmite series, which looks like (laughs) it could be fun. Um, And I was also... It could be fun or it could be absolutely horrible. (laughs) 
Yes, that's It's hard to tell which one it's going to be. <laughs> that's the possibility. And I did notice that they are uh, breaking up Red Hood and the Outlaws so that it'll just be Red Hood and Arsenal now and Starfire is getting her own title, which we'll see how that pans out. Um, I was curious to, to know more, and they're not giving a whole lot away right now. It looks like there were just the covers to most of the comics and a list of the title, but um, one of the ones that, that intrigued me, of course, is Robin, Son of Batman. Um, and this will be curious to see where they take Damian Wayne, especially given that he now has superpowers, if they're going to keep that up in this title. Father Matt, did you have a chance to take a look? Yeah, I, I, I did. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I'd second a lot of what Father Kyle said. Um, the the, the my title it is sort of a surprising choice. Um, could, like you say, could be fine. It could be really just bad. Um, and this is the same thing with with Bizarro. Um, I, I was excited to see uh, Constantine back with, with with the new title, Constantine the Hellblazer. Um, and um, the, the Doctor Fate. Uh, I have always thought Doctor Fate was an interesting character. Uh, and the Martian Manhunter, two kind of B-level characters that I always thought were, were pretty cool and, and could definitely um, see some really interesting stuff being done with them. So, so those two titles kind of uh, excited me. Um, I was a little um, disappointed not to see Swamp Thing on the list or, uh, or Animal Man. Um, well, Animal Man will still exist in uh, Justice League United, which it looks like they're going to continue, although they haven't announced who the new creative team is for that yet. Okay, so well, well that's good. The character will still be around. Um, yeah, um, I mean, and, and also, I, yeah, I, again, I'd second what Father Kyle said. It's, it's, a, it's a little uh, wearisome to see them do uh, another huge reboot and so soon after they did the last one um and and i i, I i'm not super excited about a, a major crossover event i tend to skip out on those <laughs> but the um but but it, it'll be interesting to see new titles that that fans could jump onto and and um see some fresh stories the, the emphasis on storytelling uh, that they've been promoting, I, 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 that's an exciting one. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, don't focus more on just telling great stories and not worry about continuity or creating a, a, a super coherent universe. Yeah, I agree with that, and I think um, I think that's always been one of DC's strong points. When you go back and look at the history of the characters, a lot of times there's just been, especially up through the 40s and 50s and into the 60s, there was more of a concern with just writing good stories rather than trying to put together a whole universe that holds together. And um, I can appreciate that attempt to get back to that. Well, DC's universe is piecemeal, you know? It's not... I mean, when Marvel created its own universe, that was very intentional. We, they were attempting to create a universe in which all of their characters could interact. D 
DC didn't really start out that way, and because so much of DC's universe is is ad hoc, it's stuff that they've picked up from uh, other companies that they've gathered along the way, um, I think they've always had a little bit of trouble when they've tried to uh, enforce too much of a uniformity upon that universe, since not all of those characters started there. Right. The other thing DC has is it just has such a rich history. I mean, it's, you know, what, 75 years old at this point in time. And to have such a rich history like that, at a certain point, you have to give over to breaking away from continuity because clearly the characters themselves can't just continue to have story after story after story and not age and change. And so, um, that's always where continuity has been troublesome, I think, for DC. Just getting back to writing good stories is a good move. Okay. Well, let me tell you what I'm I'm excited about. There are some things on that list that I'm um, that I'm disappointed by, and there are some things that I'm very excited about. In general, I'm I'm excited that they are, um, while they are making a big change it's not exactly a reboot so they're not they're not necessarily erasing what they've done or starting over right right from the beginning and I, i'm glad that they chose to go that route and not to basically do the new new 52 or whatever you know new that 49 the new 49 that's right um there are some books on that new list that i am just some of them i'm excited about and some of them i'm over the moon about um, I'm excited about some of the ones you mentioned. Um, uh, Father Matt mentioned Martian Manhunter. Um, that's a great character, and he hasn't had a, his own book uh, probably in decades. Um, so it'll be really interesting to see what they do with that. Same with Dr. Fate. Um, those are definitely books I would want to pick up, at least at the beginning, just to sort of see uh, what they do and where they go. Um, the ones I am most excited and most over the moon about are um, first of all Black Canary which is being done by the same uh, team or at least I, I don't know if it's all the same team but I think Cameron Stewart is doing it who is is currently writing Batgirl and uh, has given Batgirl a really interesting um, new edge if you guys have seen this book um, it was a very dark book for the last couple of years with with Gail Simone writing it not I, I don't think because of Gail Simone writing it but uh, but simply because everything in the bat world had to be very dark for <laughs> for a while there um, Cameron Stewart kind of changed that pulled Batgirl out of Gotham put her in college in a nearby suburb called Burnside and basically she is um a they're they're emphasizing her skills as a detective they have her using her photographic memory in really interesting ways um and it's a lot more it's a cartoony look to it which not everybody is into but it's a lot more fun uh book and i think that same energy is going to go into this black canary book and i also just really like black canary as a character so i'm looking forward to that I am super, super, super excited about the Starfire book for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's going to be written by Jimmy Palmiotti and uh, Amanda Connor. 
uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor have been writing Harley Quinn, and they're going to continue to write Harley Quinn, which is one of my favorite books every month. I am so excited to get it. It's absolutely ridiculous. It is insane. I don't know. Have you either of you guys read any of their their version of Harley Quinn? I have not. It is one that I've been interested to read, especially since she's part of the Bat Universe. Oh yeah, you got to take a look. It's nuts. I mean, she's they take her out of Gotham, right? Because the thing I never really liked about Harley Quinn was that she just seemed like this sort of sad sack who was just sitting around waiting for the Joker to notice her. Um, which, considering that the Joker is a big psychopath, you know, um, but they they basically take her out of Gotham. Uh, and uh, give her a building. Like, she has an uncle die or something like that, and she becomes the owner of this building in in uh, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, and uh, all these sort of strange characters, this, like, circus and various people like that who live in the building that she's now the landlord of. And uh, it basically just follows her around with various things uh, that she is doing, um, including um, uh, she she gets a job as a psychiatrist in another sort of local place, so she has to uh, counsel people, which is which is kind of funny. She joins a roller derby team and is basically just knocking the heck out of people in that. Um, she rescues a whole bunch of dogs that were going to be uh, taken to the pound and basically makes the top floor of the apartment building the place where the dogs hang out and then in in one issue they don't know what to do with all the the poop and so they make a huge catapult put it on the roof and start just flinging bags of it various places including by the way into the dc uh, offices it hits the windows of the dc offices um it is it is so much fun and um so they're uh, they and and it's been a surprise hit. It's uh, it's sold a lot of copies, which people weren't expecting. Um, so uh, they've not only are Palmiotti and um, Connor going to do uh, the Starfire book, but they're also doing a mini series, which is going to be Harley Quinn and Power Girl uh, as a team, which actually is a spinoff of a a, a storyline they've done in the Harley Quinn book. Uh, and that I'm sure that will just be uh, incredibly funny. I'm looking forward to that. But Starfire, I you know they've made Starfire so dark in the New Fifty Two. They've done two things with her that I didn't like. One is they've made her very dark and broody, and her yeah. life is horrible and all that kind of stuff. Uh, when she used to be kind of a sweet um, character, you know. Yeah, well, that's how I remember her. Yeah, all of that sweetness has kind of been gone. Even though I've I, I have been reading Red Hood and the Outlaws, and I, I do like it, but that part uh, bothered me. And then the other thing, of course, with Starfire is um, they just they've I don't know how to say it really, but they just kind of made her into such a a um, well, she doesn't wear very many clothes. Let's put it that way. And uh, you know, but. And, and and actually, she's never really worn very much clothes. I mean, even when yeah. she was in Teen Titans, you know, with, with George Perez, she didn't wear a lot. But somebody was pointing out on another uh, podcast I was listening to, somehow when Perez was doing it, it didn't feel exploitative. But uh, in, the, in the New 52 version, you know, it's almost like she's 
like a swimsuit model or something, you know, they have her come up out of the water and she's kind of yeah. getting passed around from guy to guy. And, um, that, yes, you know, that, that's the thing that you're right there. She gets passed around from guy to guy. That's been troublesome. Yeah. So, um, Connor's, uh, redrawn her. Now, Amanda Connor won't be, I don't, Amanda Connor's not going to be drawing, um, the uh, comic for Starfire, uh, but she has done the redesign for her. I think she'll probably be drawing the covers, which is what she does with Harley Quinn as well. Um, and uh, the redesigned image of her looks like a lot more fun. She's still not wearing a tremendous amount of clothing, but she's wearing more than she ever has before. And uh, she doesn't look like, uh, you know, she looks a lot more classy. Uh, in the way that Connor's drawn her. And actually, the art for that book is going to be done by, I'm going to get her name wrong, Emanuela Lupacino, I think is her name, which is very exciting because she's currently doing the art on Supergirl uh, and is doing a really fantastic job with that, which leads me to one of my great disappointments, No More Supergirl. And here's, yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah, and here's why I'm really disappointed in that. So Supergirl was one of my favorite New 52 books. Um, it was really interesting in the beginning, the sort of story that they were telling about her, um, you know, her basically her adjustment to uh, being in this alien world that she didn't understand. Um, and... But somewhere along the line, uh, they changed creative teams a couple of times, and the book really did kind of start to stink. Um, it, it, because because they let her get caught up in all of these stupid crossover events that they do. So first they had the Hell on Earth crossover, and she was in that. Then they had um, uh, the Doomed, the Superman Doomed crossover. That basically... Uh, you know, it was like you'd read issues of it, and if you weren't reading the other crossover stuff, it didn't make any sense to you, which I wasn't. Uh, and so I just got very frustrated with it. Then then they made her a Red Lantern, which was kind of funny. Um, but they've just, in the last couple of months, changed creative teams again and done a new, fresh, interesting thing. They They've got her going to this school now, this, like, intergalactic school for... Uh, people who become heroes and so they, they they've kind of redone the whole thing around that they've got a really interesting storyline going that i hope they'll be able to wrap up in the next couple issues before the plug is pulled um the art is better than it's been in a while so it's like just when they finally got her good again they're gonna axe her which i think is really um kind of unfortunate yeah, I, I've heard a lot of talk about a, a, a Supergirl uh, television show. Is, is that still happening? Yeah, I believe it is. Um, I it's it's another project by um, the guy who does Arrow and the Flash. Although uh, the CW didn't pick it up, it's going to be on I think CBS. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, that, that's what I heard. I remember I read an article about that a few months back. Yeah. So I I don't know what that will will be like. I hope it's good. I you know I've always felt like in I mean I love Superman. I'm a big Superman fan. In some ways, I've always felt like Supergirl was a more interesting character though, um, because even though she's basically a spinoff character, because 
Um, they talk about Superman being the ultimate immigrant, right? Because, you know, here he is uh, from another planet learning to live among us. But really, he's he's almost more like the ultimate adopted son, right? Because he never experienced living on Krypton. His whole experience has been being human. And so, you know, basically that's his struggle is that he is, for all intents and purposes, human, uh, but he's got these other things that, that come with a heritage he's never experienced. Well, you know, uh, Kara, Supergirl, it's the opposite. She lived, uh, depending on which version of it you're talking about, to be at least like 16 on Krypton. And when she gets... And, and they do this really well in the, in the beginning of the New 52, where actually for the first, I would say, at least the first volume of that, she can't even speak any Earth languages. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and she remembers where she was. And so, and she and, and Superman don't get along for that reason, because um, she is, uh, you know, this is not her home. And she wants to just get back home and doesn't want to believe that it's gone and goes, basically goes through the stages of grief. <laughs> uh, and, and also through, you know, being an adolescent and, and, and all of that experience. Um, so I'm sorry to see Supergirl go, but I'm happy about the Starfire book. I'm happy about some of the other books that they're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, it could be great. I hope it is great. Well, what, what I was thinking, maybe, maybe they're holding off on, on making a new uh, Supergirl title to um, correspond with the television show. That's a, yeah, that's a good point. I, I could see them doing that, because that often happens, right? So. Um, yeah, and they could just add more titles as time goes on. They seem to have some flexibility, even in the new two. There was some very quick canceling of certain titles like Justice League International and the addition of some new things. So they may have that same flexibility with the new universe, if you will, or new launch. That's true. And and like I said about Animal Man, uh, she is also a part of Justice League United. So uh, hopefully we'll we'll see her there. I don't know though. I you know I, I I've sort of hung in there with that book. Um, it started out as Justice League Canada. I kind of wish they kept calling it that because I think that's uh, I don't know why I think that's more fun. I'm not Canadian, but uh, there we are. <laughs> they do have a big maple leaf on the front of it, so that's maybe that's why. Um, but uh, Jeff Lemire was the writer on that, who I generally like, um, and I, I liked the first arc pretty well. But the second arc. They've done the, the thing with the Legion of Superheroes. Those guys from uh, whatever the thirty-something century uh, go back in time, and whenever I see one of those, oh, the Injustice League, you mean? The... No, not the Injustice League. Um, no, the... It's the one that like they used to hang out with Superboy, right? Yeah, with uh, it's like Brainiac five thousand and. Yeah. All of those bouncing boy and somebody lad and, you know, that's is the thing is I can't keep track of them. There's oh. like a thousand of those guys and they're, you know, I can't like get a get a read on any of the characters because there's just way too many of them. And basically this whole arc has been just like big giant fight in space. Um, it is kind of cool, though, because they've given these rings to um, uh, Green Arrow and a couple of other guys on that team. 
Um, and uh, so now those guys are like flying through space, beating people up. So it's kind of that's kind of fun to see. Uh, well, yeah, that's always the challenge of of, of a team book, the characterization, to, to give uh, the characters enough attention, you know, and, and um, you know, usually uh, there, there's a, a couple stars that, that emerge. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That is well, one I, of the big struggles. I think, I'm not 100% sure, but I think the digital first titles are going to be unaffected by this because they're not in the continuity, which is a good thing because some of the best stuff DC has done recently has been the digital first, which means we'll still have Batman 66, um, right. we'll still have Sensation Comics, which is really the only decent Wonder Woman book uh, going right now. Well, you know, you mentioned the the, the Batman uh, 60, 66, it's called? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, I, I had talked about Afterlife with Archie. Have, have either of you seen the um, the kind of pin-up uh, art that um, Frank Avella, the, the artist on Afterlife with Archie, created for uh, Batman called Batman 1972? No. Oh. Oh, it, 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 it's very intriguing. So he kind of he kind of takes Batman and puts him in like this kind of retro neo noir seventies setting, and and you know and and also depicts a lot of Batman's uh, villains like the Joker um, in the same way. And um, I, I would love to see it become a comic book. Batman It's got a picture of um, Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne in one of those uh, movies, and it says, "It says, however many billionaires there are in the United States. I don't know, four hundred some billionaires, four hundred some billionaires in this country, and not one of those lazy people has become Batman." <laughs> yes, I saw that one when you shared it. <laughs> yeah. That's all they're missing. That's all they're missing. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because with all these Bat books, um, and I, I guess, you know, I totally get why they do so many Bat books, because that's, you know, that's the standard, right? I mean, that's the thing that sells the best, or at least it has been since the uh, late 80s with the Batman movie. I don't think it's ever gone down. Uh, but you do, I do sometimes wonder about some of, like, doing the Batmite thing, um, I don't know. It just seems like such a strange, like 
such a strange choice to like make everything although you know they are continuing to do gotham academy which is a book that i'm really uh digging a lot so maybe i should maybe i should stop complaining about uh things that i actually enjoy but i'll i i hope they do yeah go ahead your point is pretty accurate they they've made batman's universe uh so big and there's so many heroes that um it gets a little difficult to read if you're a bat fan. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, and and uh, you know, I'm a this is another thing that disappointed me a little bit. I'm a big Green Lantern fan. Um, I I love the Green Lantern stuff a lot. I subscribe to most of the books and and they had a kind of Green Lantern universe going um, which probably admittedly had more books in it than it needed. Uh, but they're basically canceling all of them going into this next thing, except for the main Green Lantern book. They're adding another one, Green Lantern, the New Army, or something like that. I'm not really sure what that's going to be. Um, but I was sad to see some of that go, because some of the mythology of the Green Lantern stuff, especially since Jeff Johns kind of redid it, uh, is um, is really interesting. But what are you going to do, right? Just have to wait and see. Just have to wait and see. I'll throw one thing, one little thing in at the end, just because it the announcement was made the same day and it kind of landed with a thud. Uh, but uh, because I guess Marvel didn't realize DC was doing this, um, Marvel's big announcement the same day was in their big crossover event that they're about to do, Secret Wars, uh, for a period of a, of a few months. They're only going to have one Avengers book out. It's going to be called A-Force. And it's going to be an all-female group of Avengers uh, written by G. Willow Wilson and Marguerite Bennett. Um, G. Willow Wilson uh, currently writes Ms. Marvel, um, which was also, is a very popular book. was also um, uh, generated some fame when it first started because uh, the protagonist in it, Kamala Khan, is uh, a Muslim, a Pakistani-American teenage girl. And uh, Marguerite Bennett's written a bunch of stuff. Uh, She's she's, uh, written a little bit of Batgirl stuff. She wrote The Joker's Daughter. Um, She wrote a really interesting uh, uh, thing called Butterfly for Boom that was just a a spy book, a miniseries. I like both of those writers, so I am sort of interested in it because of that. But um, I don't know. The the lineup is like She-Hulk and the Dazzler and uh, Jubilee, and I can't say it's um, I can't say it's a really stellar looking group of characters. But what do you guys think? Have you did you hear about this? Out of those characters, I mean, She-Hulk is kind of fun. I mean, she used to be. I don't know about recently, um, but I, I don't know Jubilee and Dazzler. I, I, I don't. I don't see them really holding a, a title. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Father Kyle? Yeah, it seemed like it, the announcement was actually in my local newspaper, and um, and I took a look at the characters who were in it, and it did look like a somewhat motley crew of characters. Um, nobody really stood out to me as that exciting. Uh, I think they were just driving a point with it more than anything else. Yeah. What do you think about that, about the sort of driving of the point? 
I, according to the article in my paper, it said that what they're ultimately trying to do is appeal more to female comic book readers because it's the comic book industry still seems to be primarily male-read. Um, but it does seem to me that there have been a lot more female characters in recent days. So I wasn't quite sure what the push was for it. It feels like we have a lot of female characters, and there seem to be a lot more females interested in reading comic books. Um, in fact, the girl who runs there's a girl who runs my local comic store who's very much into comic books. So I'm not sure whether it was a late point okay well you know i i am it it's a little bit strange that they feel like they have to do i mean first of all if their big thing is we need um a you know we need more female-led team books in comics i don't know why they would do it as a mini-series in the middle of a event um rather than just you know saying hey we're gonna launch a book you know we're gonna <laughs> We're going to have a new Avengers book, and it's going to be this. Um, but I will say, you know, the the one thing that kind of intrigues me about it and makes me want to look at it is the writing team. The fact that it's G. Willow Wilson and, and Marguerite Bennett. Um, have either of you guys read Ms. Marvel? No. Uh, yeah, I, I picked up the first um, few episodes of it, and... Um, because it, it had gotten a lot of media attention, um, and I, I just wasn't that into it. it. It didn't really do much for me. You know what, uh, Father Matt, the first trade is out. Uh, read it as a as a trade. I think it reads a little bit better as a, a full uh, story than than it does month to month. Um, because it yeah. takes it takes her a little while to get that character started. Back to back, like I bought like three or four of them and, and just read them through. Oh well, okay. Well then, um, maybe I mean, I, maybe it's not I, I, your I thing. I think it's a really interesting idea to sort of do like you know, um, like like the idea of 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 a, a, a Muslim woman superhero was sort of exciting and, and intriguing, but. It, it, it felt a little gimmicky, the, the, the way that they, they pulled it off. And, and I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really blown away by the artwork or, um, or the writing. It, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It just wasn't my cup of tea. All right. Well, that's fine. I, I will be the one person on our panel to stand up for Ms. Marvel. Uh, because I, I, I thought it was uh, because I actually went into it skeptical uh, precisely because I thought maybe it was just a gimmick and who knows maybe it was just a gimmick but I think that the way that it's written has made it much more than that um, I find her to be a really relatable character um, and yet at the same time very much a teenage girl which is one of the things that drives me nuts in, in comics where they have teenage characters is oftentimes they don't actually feel like teenagers. They feel like adults who've been shoved into teenage clothing um, or actually more like teenagers who've been shoved into adult clothing. But that's a whole other thing. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so um, I, I, you know, I think it's good. But, hey, what do I know? Well, you know what? Maybe I should give it another try. Yeah, if I'm willing to read Aquaman for you, I think you should. 
you should try Ms. Marvel for me. Um, I'll, I'll try it out again. Okay. Well, that, friends, brings us to our final segment, our final segment today, which is This or That. This or that, this or that. Come on, everybody, let's this or that. Batman or Iron Man? This or that. Spider-Man or Superman? This or that. Boxes or briefs? This or that. DVD or VHS? This or that. Dungeons or Dragons? This and that. Moses or Elijah? This or that. This or that. This or that. Come on, everybody, let's this or that. Now, uh, this or that, if you if you didn't hear our first episode, and also for Father Kyle's benefit, since he wasn't with us on the first episode, uh, this or that is our segment in which uh, we run through a whole bunch of possible uh, uh, contrasting things. So, uh, to give you an example, um, Father Matt, if you'll assist me in this example... Um, if I were to say green or red? Uh, green. There you go. And there doesn't have to be any rhyme or reason for it. It's just, uh, it's just you know, whatever, uh, however the Lord moves you in the moment, right? Uh, so there you go. I didn't know you were as charismatic as all of that. Well, it's possible, it's entirely possible Father Kyle will be slain in the spirit before we're done here, so I'm looking forward That's to right. that. Um, Father, did you see that they've made this Lego uh, Martin Luther? Did you I notice did. that? I would love to have had Yeah, that's, I'm sure. sold out, like, instantly. Well, I'm sure at some point you'll, it'll, it'll show up on the black market or something. And, and I will have one. That's right. You should go to the toy factory's door and uh, put your demands for more, you know, just nail them right on there. That would be a good idea. Yeah. Maybe I can just quote for them an endless stream of Luther and they'll give me one. Yeah, that could be. That usually works. (laughs) All right. So uh, this or that, uh, I'm going to just kind of go back and forth between you guys on these. Although if if you want to chime in on one that's not yours, feel free. Okay? Father Matt, Skeletor or Hordak? Skeletor, definitely. My mother tells me that Skeletor was one of my first words. One of your first words was Skeletor? Yeah, Skeletor. I, I, was, I, I liked Skeletor better than He-Man as a child. <laughs> that wow. says a lot about you, Father Matt. Yes, it, 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 you know, that I'm evil. <laughs> Have you seen, um, there's a Facebook page that's called something like, I forget the real name, we'll have to link to it, but it's something like Daily Wisdom with Skeletor. And it's, oh, I, I've seen it, and it's amazing. Yeah, if it's uh, pictures of, of Skeletor, you know, various screen captures from the He-Man show, and uh, they've put, like, inspirational quotes underneath, you know? So it'll be like Skeletor shaking his fist at somebody, and he'll say, today I am going to be my own person, you know, or something like that. Yeah, I think it's called Skeletor is Love. Skeletor is love. That's it. You got it. You got it. Okay. Uh, Father Kyle. Jason Todd or... Father Kyle, Jason Todd or Tim Drake? Tim Drake. Tim Tim Drake is certainly one of the best Robins. Mm. Uh, Certainly behind Dick Grayson. 
That's true, although Jason Todd came back from the dead, so he's got that going for him. He does have that going for him. I will say that I like the Tim Drake that was um, pre-252 rather than the Tim Drake who has come through the New 52. I felt like the new Tim Drake has um, been a little bit of a weak character. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Father Matt, in honor of uh, Shrove Tuesday, uh, which will be over by the time people are listening to this, (laughs) pancakes or waffles? Waffles, I think. Waffles? He had to think about that. Yeah, it wasn't right there for you. Pancakes on Shrove Tuesday. Well, okay. There you go. Uh, Father Kyle, Stallone or Schwarzenegger? Uh, probably Stallone. All right. He's the older of the two. Philadelphia resident for most of my life. I have to agree, Stallone. Yeah. Yes, that's probably why I had to say that as well, having lived there briefly. Yeah, but Schwarzenegger, you get all those great, uh, ridiculous quotes, you know? That is true. It's not the Tuma, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway. Uh, Father Matt, soul patch or soul food? Soul food. I, 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 I have to say I love fried chicken. It's one of my great uh, passions in life. Okay. Maybe, how about, you could do both, right? You could grow a soul patch uh, while you're eating your soul food. <laughs> that's something that could happen. Well, I'll have to run that by my wife. Yeah, that's usually where these things go to die. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Like my mustache. <laughs> uh, Father Kyle, keeping with the theme of food, cornbread or banana bread? Uh, banana bread. I'm a big fan of bananas. Okay. Uh, Father Kyle, I'm going to do this one for you, too, because I think you're more of a sports guy than uh, Father Matt is. Is that accurate to say, Father Matt? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, Father Kyle, football or basketball? Football, easily. Love football. Okay, that's, you're incorrect about that, but okay. I do like football. (laughs) But uh, basketball clearly superior. Um, but we'll just we'll just move on from this embarrassing moment. Yes, yeah. it's embarrassing on your. <laughs> Don't make me nail these things to your church door. I'll do it. Uh, Father Father Matt, dark and brooding or light and sassy. Dark and brooding. <laughs> Although that's, that's hard to say, you know, depending on my mood. <laughs> right now I'm feeling dark and brooding. Now, if we switched it up and had it uh, light and brooding or dark and sassy, what would you say? Uh, dark and sassy actually sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> that's I'm going to have a band someday called Dark and Sassy, I think. Did someone say? Isn't that the new Dorito flavor? That was. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I said, isn't that the new Dorito flavor? The new Dorito flavor. It could be. <laughs> it could be. 
Father Kyle, Mork or Mindy? Mork. You gotta love Robin Williams. Yeah. That, that one made me sad. All right. Uh, <laughs> Although Mindy was quite hot. Oh my gosh. Wow. All right. Control yourself, We're Father Kyle. It up here. Control yourself. Um... <laughs> And finally, Father Matt, now this last one pertains only to the scent, okay? Only to the Uh-oh. scent. Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Incense or chocolate chip cookies? Oh, chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Are you sure you want to go with that? Remember, your soul is in the balance here. <laughs> well, uh, yes, it's, it's a hard call, but chocolate chip cookies smell awfully good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to ask the Lord if um, this smell of chocolate chip cookies is in a pleasing aroma to him. Imagine if there was chocolate chip cookie incense. That would be amazing. There might be in the world to come. <laughs> oh. It might make uh, some of uh, our congregation warm up to the idea of incense more. That's true. You know what I would call it if I had chocolate chip cookie incense? I'd call it dark and sassy. Dark and sassy. Yeah. Get on that market, bet. <laughs> okay. Well, that's going to do it for uh, our program, God in Comics. I, I, I want to thank my uh, esteemed colleagues for joining me yet again for this. It's a lot of fun. I hope that all of you have enjoyed yourselves and that you will check out some of these titles at your local comic book store. Our theme music is provided by Father Paul Wheatley, and hopefully you are enjoying the sound of that theme music right now. Forgotten Comics, I am Father Jonathan Michikin. I'm Father Kyle Thompson. I'm Father Matthew Scarborough. And we will see you next time.